This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax and She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. Still kind of, I think, riding high off of a Thanksgiving win. The food coma has left us. And now we are sitting with a five and six Packers team that actually has a realistic shot at the playoffs. And on this very podcast for many, many moons now, we said we were not going to talk about the playoffs. It was behind us. It was in the rear view. It wasn't going to happen. And here we are with six games left of the season looking at (laughs) how this happened i don't know but i want to talk about it because i joked repeatedly that you can't go 10 and 7 without losing six games and now there is a very realistic possibility that we're talking about a 10 and 7 9 and 8 packers team and we wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't for the trajectory that they're on these last couple weeks really starting to put everything together yeah and it's also helps that they kind of control their own destiny with the way that the teams who are in their way have been playing. Right. So we're coming off a abysmal Monday night game. I mean, (laughs) truly horrible football was played by the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago bears, but for whatever reason, the Chicago bears decided they must win this game. And to everyone around them, they assisted the Packers it was the de- to the detriment of themselves and to the detriment of the Minnesota Vikings because the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers are kind of in contention for a wild card spot against each other. I think it's pretty clear that the Detroit Lions at eight and three are going to be the NFC North champions, which is also wild to say. Um, <laughs> revel in it, Detroit. You deserve it. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, So Minnesota loses. And I think when you see Kirk Cousins go down, you know, they're right at 500 now. I think their trajectory is on the, you know, the decline, the Packers, you said it, the way they're playing is on the upswing. Um, The Packers need the Seahawks to lose. They need Minnesota to continue to lose. The Packers are right outside this playoff picture. They have the opportunity to get the seventh or the sixth seed. Um, And they really, the Packers just need to continue to win. That's all they need to do. It's at, at the point now where if they lose a game or two, they have pretty much like a 75% to a 90% chance of making it into the playoffs. Now, 
after that, things get a little bit stickier. But besides that, if they just go, you said there's six games left. If they go four and two or five and one in the rest of this stretch, they're in pretty much. Yeah. So let's let's break it down here. You've got obviously right now the Eagles cream of the crop in the NFC at 10 and one looking at the first seed. The 49ers right at the second seed at eight and three Lions third seed at eight and three. Then the Falcons right now are in the the front of the NFC South at five and six. They would get the fourth seed. But then the Cowboys probably have laid claim to that fifth seed in that wild card spot at eight and three. Hard to kind of budge them from that. But six and seven are both available and open right now for the Packers. The Seahawks are six and five in that sixth seed. And the Vikings right now at six and six have fallen down to the seventh seed. You've got the Packers as the eighth seed at five and six. The Rams and the Saints are ninth and tenth seed. But the Packers hold that current tiebreaker over both of them, having won both of those head-to-head matchups. So if you are, you know, kind of looking at rooting interests in the NFC, I think you want to keep rooting for the Falcons to take the division because you don't want to leave it up to them potentially looking for a wild card spot because then the Packers don't have the tiebreaker for that. So keep rooting for the birds, right, to take that spot. But the Vikings, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys all have really, really tough schedules. And it's not to say the Packers are going to somehow get that fifth seed, but the Vikings have five games left to play. They've got the Raiders, the Bengals, the Lions, the Packers, and then the Lions again. Some tough sledding, especially because three out of those games are away games. The Seahawks are at the Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. Really big matchup on Thursday night. So however your rooting interests lie, you might want to be a Cowboys fan on Thursday night, as even if it'll hurt. Probably want to do that. Then they're at the 49ers, hosting the Eagles, at the Titans, at the, hosting the Steelers, and at the Cardinals. So really tough sledding for the Seahawks there as well. Uh, then you have the Cowboys. Also a tough schedule here with Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, and Commanders. So all of that to say, this wildcard picture is going to get really, really messy with a lot of these teams playing each other, and there's going to be a lot of room for some teams to get beat up and for the Packers, like you said, to just sneak on in there if they continue to win. I really think that the seven seed feels like very doable. Like I said, Even the Packers the just need to win, right? Like, and we're going to talk about the Chiefs game. This is a Chiefs preview show. Um, and and that being said, like, if I had to slate one of these games as a loss, it's it's going to be this game on Sunday Night Football. Um, if the Packers somehow come out of this game with a win, I mean, let's face it, they deserve to be on the playoffs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, if then they go on the road, as of right now, it has not been flexed out. But as of right now, they play the Giants Monday night. That should be a game as of right now, the way the Packers are playing that they win. Um, they host the Bucks again, that's a game that they should win. They go to Carolina, but you know, Carolina right now is the worst team in football. That's a game that they should win. Just fired their head coach. Like- they just fired their head coach, exactly. Um, they host the Bears in January, again, a game that they should win. So theoretically, this game against Minnesota on New Year's Eve depending on how Minnesota shakes out for their rest of the season could be the game for that seventh seed. We don't know, right? If Minnesota goes on a run, you know, and they're, this is the tiebreaker. It might be the tiebreaker. It could be at that point where the Packers are, 
you know, winning out and Minnesota is losing and this game doesn't matter. But I think the Minnesota game, December 31st, looms large for the Packers for the seventh seed. Now, again, you just said it for the Seahawks. They have a very difficult schedule. Again, if they start losing against teams that are on paper better than them, you know, it's an any given Sunday NFL. You have no idea what's going to happen. Um, we're watching the Denver Broncos go on a winning streak. So, like, again, anything can happen in this late stretch of the season. Um, you know, and the, again, the Packers just keep winning and playing like they have been the last five weeks. They could hold on to that sixth seed. So, it's interesting that all of a sudden, like, the des- their destiny is really in their hands. All they need to do is keep winning. That's all they need to do. And the Packers could not only be, you know, sneaking in wild card seven, you know, seventh seed, they could like be a legitimate sixth seed. I agree with you. I don't think the fifth seed is something they should be shooting for um, unless the Cowboys go on some, you know, historic bad slide. Now they do have Eagles, Bills, Dolphins is a potential. That's a tough, tough schedule. They just don't look like they're playing poorly enough for me to envision that happening. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think if my math was correct here, that if the Packers end up beating the Vikings and they tie to close out the season with the same record, the Packers, I think, hold the tiebreaker in that scenario. But I do think that there's a very realistic possibility that we're talking about the Packers and Vikings getting in at six and seven and the Seahawks just missing out. It's going to be really down to the wire here. The Lions come into play again for the Cowboys. So just a lot at stake for the Packers. And let's dive into that then, because like we said, we've got a big game coming up here. Honestly, build a little more excited probably than we would have been a month ago to talk about this game, given the Packers are on a three and one tear right now over the last month. Pretty significant injury report still for the Packers going into Sunday night. Did get that little mini buy after Thanksgiving, but a lot of big names, of course, unfortunately still on the injury report as of Wednesday. The only did not participates in practice were AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, which is not great for the running back room. And then Jaden Reed, which also makes things pretty bad for the running back room in that scenario with Jaden Reed getting a lot of those fun end arounds and looks, but Jair, Devondre, Kenny, Josiah DeGuara, Rudy Ford, Rashawn Gary, they're all limited. Darnell Savage and Eric Stokes have both been designated to return from IR, so they're in their practicing window, which should be a a significant boost for the secondary. Dontavian Wicks is limited, so a lot of the key role players seem like they are on the cusp of coming back. We just have to hope now that this is finally the week that they do get back, because there's been a lot of hype the last couple weeks that certain players would be able to return, and then they're unable to do so. Yeah, the good there's two good news, two pieces of good news as well. One being, there's some guys in the injury report that were actually full participants, right? Keyshawn Nixon, um, Darnell Savage, and Devontae Wyatt, all full participants. So they're on the injury report, but they're practicing in a full capacity, which is great. The other is that the Packers have as much time, other than it being a Monday night game, but as much time as humanly possible to get healthy this week because they play in Sunday night football. So when you're eyeing guys like AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones and Jaden Reed on those injury reports, you're thinking game time decisions. They have all day Sunday as well, which bodes well for them, but they've been banged up all year. This has been the injury report all year. It's just been a CVS receipt like this all season. So 
it's not like they're dealing with anything new. Um, the Chief ha- Chiefs also have some injuries, but unlike the Packers, their injuries are pretty much all full participants. So <laughs> they are a little bit healthier than the Packers. So um, we'll see what happens as the week goes on. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, there's something really poetic, and I don't know if you've you know felt this way at all this week, but it's really fun to see this game. And we kind of talked about it early in the season. The Chiefs kind of yield a lot of primetime matchups anyway because they are the reigning Super Bowl champions. So, of course, they're going to get the big billing. But the fact that Jordan Love made his first career start at Arrowhead, to see the growth and the development of him now on stage in like a primetime contest on Sunday Night Football is really cool because, you know, the last time that they did play when Jordan Love got his start, that was like, I think it was like a 3.30 game, right? It wasn't, you know, any great shakes, really. It wasn't prime time. And the outcome was what we expected, you know, on a short week for him to be able to prepare and go down to Arrowhead and play that game. So seeing where he's at in his career, um, being the starter now officially against one of the powerhouses of the AFC is, I think, a really fun storyline that is, of course, being talked about all week, right? Like, we're not the the breaking news on this one, but it is a fun comparison. Maggie, is Steve Spagnuolo going to send the blitz to Jordan Love, see if he can handle it? Sorry, that's a rhetorical question, just because everyone's been throwing it out there. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think the larger storyline that I love is that I think this is a really fun, like, measuring stick game for this Mm -hmm. team. You know, they just beat the Lions. We just said the Lions are going to win the North. Lions beat the Chiefs. The Lions beat... The Lions beat the Chiefs week one. They're 100% going to the playoffs. You know, their defense has not been playing well, but they're a contender this year, and they just beat them very handedly. And, yes, it's one game, and we said any given Sunday things can happen, but I think it begs the question of on the upswing, and I am not sitting here saying I think the Packers can beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the best, if not you know, one of the best teams in the league. I'm just saying this is going to be a fun game to see where does this young team stack up against a team like the Chiefs, right? Like we're seeing them go up against a number of different teams. Now let's see them go up against, I'll call them the best, right? I don't think they've been playing up to the standard that we're used to. And we can dive into, you know, their receiving core and some of the struggles that they've had this season. Um, they're not the chiefs that we're used to. I think their defense is quite frankly, one of the best that this Packers team is going to go up against this season. Um, it's just a good yardstick. It's a good measure of where this team is at. I think they're also meeting them at a really good time in the season. The Packers are on their up and up. They're at a place where they're high confidence. I think they can potentially go in and meet this opponent, play up to this opponent. Will they be able to go head-to-head with the Chiefs? 
we'll find out. Um, but I think they're meet, if they were meeting the Chiefs a month ago, I think they would have gotten their asses whooped. Do I think they're about to get their asses whooped? Um, I don't think so. I hope not. I think they've shown enough in the last couple of weeks that they can put together a game against this team. Yeah, and I mean, this Chiefs team has been kind of an anomaly this season, too. Um, they obviously lost to the Broncos a couple weeks ago. Five turnovers in that game on offense. Patrick Mahomes only threw for like 212 yards. And then the two games following that, they won against the Dolphins, lost to the Eagles. But it was still sub-200 passing yards for that offense, which is just really weird when you're talking about a Pat Mahomes-led offense. And finally, things started to click a little bit against the Raiders. They were turnover-free, threw for almost 300 yards. Their ground game, I think, is kind of a challenge, and it's the same vein that we've been talking about with the Packers all season. They just are not getting a ton done on the ground, and it's hard to call a Chiefs offense one-dimensional, right? Because Patrick Mahomes can make magic happen on any down, on any play, with his legs, with his arms. You know, he could probably throw with his kneecaps, like, if you needed him to, right? Like, that's just who he is, but it does pose a challenge for the Packers defense to try to corral what has been a pretty limited run game, right? Like it's not some of the more dynamic running like offenses that we've seen in prior weeks. This is you're expecting Patrick Mahomes to beat you with his arm because that's who he is and what he does. So that makes it, I think really interesting to see how this offense is cooking against the Packers defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a good week to get your starting secondary back for sure. (laughs) Um, no, this is, this is the ultimate test. I mean, Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. He is the cream of the crop. He is the guy who's going to be able to extend plays. I mean, him and Pat, him and Travis Kelsey alone can probably carve you up pretty nicely. Um, Travis will, is the ultimate mismatch player. Um, the rest of their receiving core is a big question mark though. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's like, you know, I, as a Chiefs fan, I would be like, I'm waiting for someone else to step up behind Travis Kelsey, right? That That's the question of the season is who's it going to be? Because it's clearly not really MVS and it's not really, you know, Jerick McKinnon, who's technically a running back, but they use him in the passing game. Um, and it's not Kadarius Toney, who's kind of a gadgety guy that they took from the Giants. To me, it's Rishi Rice. Yeah. Like, I think it's very clear that Rasheed Rice, their rookie, is coming up. Like, he's a rookie, right? So it's taken, like, half the season. But he looks like the guy who – he's got a bit of a drop problem. But, again, rookie, growing pains. Like, that's a guy that you should be covering. Now, between Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, the Chiefs can do numbers on you. Um and Pat can find anybody in the end zone. Like, like I said, he can extend a play. They do the, probably the best scramble drill in the league. Um, the Packers defense is going to have to be like a one on their game um, to cover. The chiefs are going to put up numbers. Um, I think the pass rush that we saw against the lions is going to be probably the only way they saw this team. Like if you are getting, to Pat and at least doing your best to get him rattled, doing your best to taking him down is probably the best way, but even getting him out of the pocket is not how you stop this, this offense. Um, So 
good coverage. I mean, like Joe Barry. <laughs> good coverage, not self coverage. <laughs> good coverage, and and taking Pat down. I mean, if Rashawn Gary wants to be a wrecking ball again, like this, this is the game to do it. Otherwise, just accept that this team is going to put up yards against you. And you're right. I mean, they're not going to get you on the ground. Um, it's funny. Like this is the team that Joe Barry's defense is kind of built to stop. Yes, and like theoretically, theoretically, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not not practically these days, but like theoretically, like limiting the big play, stopping the pass. I don't know. I don't know. Well, My, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like Mahomes, he's only taken fourteen sacks all season. So, like, even though the book has been written right about how to stop Patrick Mahomes, you have to rattle him. He's unshakable 14 yeah. sacks on the entire yeah. season is insane and that's a testament to their o-line yeah it's a testament to guys like travis kelsey who are also really willing blockers in that offense and they have to be to make that offense work and when it's rolling it's rolling and unfortunately for the packers it started to get rolling against the raiders last week you know they started to finally put some things together that they've been struggling with the last couple weeks but to the packers credit nobody gave them a shot to go into detroit either and they put up numbers and they had the best game of the season from Jordan Love, from a ton of their skill positions, Rashawn Gary, Jonathan Owens, a ton of guys like put themselves out there as having their, you know, best games. So I'm excited for this one. We keep saying we're excited for it, but it's because it's one of the best teams that this Packers team has faced all season. Probably the best team that they will face. Absolutely the best team they'll face down the stretch. And if you're talking about a playoff push, it's like, do you want to go into the playoffs with a whimper or a roar? And if you beat the Chiefs, you're talking about a potential playoff push a lot differently, I think, than you would be if you were like, yeah, well, they're playing layups the rest of the season. You know, like it, it's a litmus test for a number of reasons. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think this team, this game, sorry, kind of comes down to like what Jordan Love and this offense can do against the Chiefs defense less so than like what this, pa- I mean, look, if this Packers defense ends up, being able to tamper down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, more power to him. Um, uh, shut me up. You know, amazing. <laughs> I have, I, and it's not, this is not like a, a hate to the Packers defense. It's more that like, even with skill position players that aren't at their best, Patrick Mahomes can make magic happen. Patrick Mahomes can put up 28 points with, Travis Kelsey and nobody else. So I have low expectations. It's the opposite side of the ball that has actually, I think, been what's been keeping them in games. They're eight and three because this Chiefs defense has been lights out. They have been so good at at all levels. Their front, their linebackers, their secondary, they're turning the ball over. Like they have been fantastic. Um which is funny because when you think about the Chiefs, you don't think about, I mean, good <laughs> Super Bowl winners are good in all three phases, naturally. But you obviously think about the Chiefs and you think about Patrick Mahomes and you think about a high-flying offense. This season is about the Chiefs' defense. Well, and, and so, when, the, when the Chiefs won their Super Bowl last year, they were the best offense in points for, and they were 16th in points against. Like, they were the middle, dead middle 
of defense with the best offense. So it is weird to see them being like, and they're still good. They're 11th in points for, but they're third right now in points against like these teams are not putting up points against the chiefs defense, which is weird because I think they have five interceptions on the season. Like they're not necessarily forcing a hell of a lot of turnovers as far as like taking the ball away from the chiefs. They're still protecting the football. Well, but the defense itself is just getting stops and making key plays and key moments. What's their fumble recovery rate though? Because I feel like they recover a lot of fumbles. It might just be an eye test thing. Uh, they have forced 11 fumbles and they have recovered 12. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a ball security thing with the yeah. Chiefs defense for me when I watch them. So, again, like mistake free football is going to be huge for this young team. I again, like the way that Jordan and this offense played against the Lions, they will be able if you do it again. Easier said than done. The Lions defense, not nearly as good as the Chiefs defense. Not saying that. But you will be able to move the ball. You will be able to score points. It's not going to be as easy. Um, that That is going to be the real test for me. Um, this is going to be a test for Matt and what he's going to game plan for, what he's going to play call for. You know, Jordan loves to attack the middle of the field. I love that he loves to attack the middle of the field. But you're looking at Trent McDuffie, who's one of the best slot corners in the league right now, probably the best, um, who is not going to like some of the holes that this Packers offense has been working with in the middle of the field. Those are not going to be there. And if they are, you're working with tighter windows than ever before. This is going to be like, we're asking ourselves this question of like, where's Jordan Love's accuracy at? We're going to find out on Sunday for sure. Trent McDovey is actually the Chiefs' highest greatest defender on run at, for PFF metrics, like just their highest greatest overall defender. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, he's. Remember how much I loved him in the draft? <laughs> Perry knows <laughs> ball. <laughs> but I mean, like Nick Bolton is designated a return from IR. That's a big boost to them. I don't know if he's able to play this week, but he is one of the better inside linebackers in the league. So just, yeah, I mean. It's unfortunate that a guy like Luke Musgrave isn't available. I think we'll see more Tucker Craft this week. I hope Jaden Reed's a full go. We, Aaron Jones feels like a stretch knowing what his injury was and how long those take to heal. I don't think there's any issues with A.J. Dillon playing. The DNP is a little bit surprising, but I think he'll maybe it's resting at this point and he'll be ready to go by Sunday. But I think we'll get some big games from Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks. Dontavian Wicks, who has had some huge praise from the Packers coaching staff this week. So you can tell they're really high on him in that locker room too. Yeah. And he deserves it. I think he's, I saw a stat today that he's like one of the best separators in the league right now. They're comparing him to 17 in the building. Like basketball. Damn. Yeah. Um, Getting some of the playmakers back is going to be really key. I think this is going to be more. Okay. I'm going to make a statement. This is going to be a big scheme game. This is going to be, this is a coaching matchup. This is like Matt LaFleur versus Andy Reid versus Steve Spagnuolo. Like this, and I'm not saying that this isn't going to be like, Jordan's going to have to go and execute, obviously. But this is going to be a big time, like whatever Matt decides his like scripted plays are, whatever he thinks is going to be the best, you know, they have tricks in the bag here's the five or six things that we're going to have to go back to that we think are going to be, these are the chief's weaknesses. If he gets those right, 
and Jordan Love and this team executes, they're in this game. You know, like that, that to me is like kind of the key. Like if I'm looking at like X factor is we've seen Maddie like in his bag this season a little bit. It hasn't always been pretty and they haven't always executed it appropriately or well, but if you look at it, it's been some fun stuff. And so like in this game, are we pulling out the tape and doing it correctly, obviously, you know, but I think the X factors Matt. LaFleur um because this is a very smart and very well coached team can he pull out some stuff that they're not expecting and they haven't seen or built off of things that they have seen but it's new you know that like little wrinkle or the illusion of complexity that Matt loves to to use um that's my that's my x-factor I think that the Packers need to be really aggressive in this game. And I think they need to use the exact same game plan that they used against the lions, because I think we could argue that this was Joe Barry's best game of the season as a DC. And I think what freed him up to do that was because it's, it's the Mike Pettins, right? It's the Dom capers. It's all of these defensive coordinators that we've had problems with down the stretch where they're built to play with a lead. And that's not sustainable when you have a young offense, we've talked about it, but what made them so successful against the lions. And we talked about it on the recap show. Like it didn't feel like the lions were ever truly in jeopardy of coming back in that game because of how aggressive the defense was playing because the offense was able to put up points and they were able to play with a lead. So my dream scenario, call me crazy or like take a shot. If it happens on Sunday night in my honor, exact same game opener that you had against the lions, but overthrow Christian Watson. Give me like a 70 yard bomb to set the tone for the game. And even if you, even if it doesn't happen, like I think the shot needs to happen. You, they need to, to make these efforts because I think what, what starts to stall out this offense is like the dink and dunk. Jordan love has finally been able to like, let it sling the last couple weeks. And that has just changed everything from Matt LaFleur's scheme. Like so many pages opened up in the playbook once they started connecting some of those deep shots. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't know like where the chief's defense stands in terms of like being able to stop the deep shot, but I love the idea of being aggressive. Like you have to with this team. It, it, I think being conservative against a team this good does you no favors. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it all the time, like kicking field goals against the chiefs. It just comes back to bite you. And at the same time, like, and the, the, the Packers aren't doing this. This is my thought process as like a fan, as someone like thinking through the rest of the season. If you're penciling this in as a loss anyway, and you're thinking, well, they have so many more winnable games. They can get into the playoffs if they lose this game anyway. And you're thinking, why not? What do they have to lose by being ultra aggressive in this game? Like, they actually have nothing to lose regardless. Like, just do it. See what happens. Why not? I'm with you. Yeah. I I just like, I feel like on paper, this is a winnable game for the Packers. And I'm not going to go out here and declare like an upset or anything. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's like 45 to 10 Packers, but we've seen what we want to see from this team. Like if the arrow continues to point up, it will be a success. I don't think by any stretch, it's going to be a blowout. Like, I think if this deep, 
okay <laughs> if the defense stops the bleeding it won't be like i don't think we're going to come out here and see them flat like we did against the lions in week four or whatever that was to start the season like i think that this packers team knows exactly what they need to do and of course you're hopeful that like some of their key players are back like will you feel better if jair's on the field absolutely you would but we also saw guys step up in big moments against the lions so like i think the packers have the players that they need at their disposal to make this happen because the, I mean, the chiefs, yes, are scoring a lot of points this year, but they're not really, they're not really blowing anybody out of the water. Like, okay. They're not the juggernaut that we're used to. They're not, they're not the juggernaut that we're used to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I wouldn't put them. I don't think at this point in the same category as like the Eagles, as far as points, you know, points scored and points for like, they're still a very good football team and it's not like you should sleep on them. They're the Super Bowl champions. Like there's a reason they are still the cream of the crop in the AFC, but I, I do mean, you said they're 11th. They're, yeah. they're not top 10 right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what is your score prediction then? I've been trying to go through and look and see kind of like what they're averaging all season. I, I think we're going to see some points. So I kind of feel like 27, 21, maybe chiefs, like 24, 20. Like, I think, I think both teams are going to hit 20, but I don't think either team is going to like go nuts. I mean, the, the chiefs have only eclipsed 33 times, which is, I guess, quite a few times, but still, I think like 27, 20 is what I would guess. What are the chiefs averaging on defense? Like, what are they giving up on average? 16 and a half. Oof. Pretty steep. Pretty tough sledding. Well, I guess the Packers are around there, too, to be quite honest. Yeah. No. Actually, now that we put that one out there. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm... It, okay. Bold prediction. Okay, let's do it. I kind of am feeling that this might be a little bit of a shootout. Okay. Um, I do think there's a little bit of a Mahomes magic in this one and they do pull out a win. Um, but I'm going like 33, 30 chiefs. Okay. It's at Lambeau field. I haven't, I haven't checked the weather for this one, but I do like that. It's at Lambeau. It's going to be just stunning lamp, but the Christmas tree is up. So I don't know if anybody listening or watching this is going to be at the game, but December games at Lambeau Field are some of the most special games on the planet. Okay, we're going to wrap with this one, though. Okay. We both picked the Chiefs, but let me just say, Matt LaFleur has not lost in December as True. the head He's coach 15-0, of, right? yeah. of the Green Bay Packers. He has not lost yet. So... And I apologize for how I sound on this podcast right now. I'm very under the weather. <laughs> if he does <laughs> somehow win, is Maddie just like our lucky charm in December? He's getting a statue. Matt LaFleur is Santa Claus. I'm going to say it right now on the podcast. <laughs> Matt LaFleur is Santa Claus. <laughs> but no, it's so supposed to is- snow on Sunday. That's the weather in Green Bay. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. If it snows on Sunday, the Packers are winning. I know that that's not a thing, 
But if it snows, I'm switching it. 33-30 Packers. Let's get like a Harrison Butker like wide right. You know, like they're going for overtime and they just miss it in the snow and the wind. And the we are just- due for an Anders Carlson win, like walk off win. We haven't had one yet. What's his one? Fifty two. Let's do like a fifty four yarder in the snow to just for the win. Yeah. All right. That's, that's our Christmas wish. All right. <laughs> they're gonna lose I, like. Packs what she said. Listeners, you had about twelve. No. 11 weeks of Maggie and I being not the most optimistic fans. We are officially back <laughs> being our normal selves. So you're welcome. The most optimistic Packers podcast you can find on the internet. But I'm excited for this one. So excited. It's going to be such a good game. I wish I was going to be there. But, you know, just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Can't wait to see the atmosphere. We'll see if Taylor Swift is there, if she's with Simone Biles. So much, so much to discuss. <laughs> the best. This is not a pop culture show, though. So t- to be to be determined offline. I'm reining it in. You can shake off that comment if you uh, if you want. But uh, yeah, thank you as always for listening to the show. This has been the Packs with She Said podcast. You can find us on Twitter at PWSS Podcast or on YouTube and everywhere you find your favorite podcasts at Packs What She Said. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you as always for listening to the show. We're hoping to be back on Monday talking about an incredible game. And it should be regardless. Green Bay, Lambeau, December football in the snow. Nothing is better. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.